I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans. If you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. We've, well, fate just sort of decided what movie we're going to talk about, which uh, happened to be Rosemary's Baby, which was my choice. Our friend Lorena switched jobs and and work is crazy, so she can't really commit. So And also, it's her husband's birthday. I mean, whatever. if you can't control your husband's birthday, then what good are you? Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously, she's not committed enough to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Quit your job. Leave your husband. (laughs) Ignore your family. Ignore your family and come talk about Hellraiser. (laughs) I mean, mean, priorities and all that. So we're talking about Rosemary's Baby tonight. Uh, But first... Oh, yeah. First, we got to do what's new with us. So, Meredith, what's new with you? Uh, We... Well, we did that haunted house thing that Uh, we talked about. (laughs) It was, okay, to be fair to them, it was their first night. Oh, yeah. Last time we went much later in yeah. the run. It was like mid-October when we went last time, and it was like, they knew what to do. And this time, not so much. So we like went through it, and we're like, that's it? And then yeah, we left. it went so fast. Yeah, it was kind of, meh. They just needed more practice, and yeah, they had... It was, it was a little bit of a letdown. Well, I think also for me, because Lorena ended up not being able to go... Um, she and I feed off of each other in like our hysteria and because she wasn't there I was like okay I gotta be cool I got I'm on my own I gotta I gotta lock it up lock it up <laughs> you just had your usual concerned look like yeah yeah well and you know I had the <laughs> mask on too like, crinkled, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I'm like I, I'm just not going to acknowledge this creature that's crawling at my feet and then maybe they won't jump after me <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then we also thought that maybe because it wasn't as crowded because it was such an early night that we were able to move through more quickly because yeah. there weren't more groups in there to like slow us down. Yeah. Yeah. It because did. it really just went by so fast. We were in there probably 20 minutes. Yeah. Like not even. And it was, it's like what, like drive an hour drive? <laughs> yeah. I was like, ugh. And I felt bad because I invited my friends and we all went and then... Um, my friend Tiffany took Lorena's ticket because she didn't go, and then and then she had to like she offers, but then she Venmo Lorena, and I was like, I feel bad that you're Venmoing her for the, that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but it was her choice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, and then we uh, but not lame. We went to <laughs> Universal Horror Nights. We got the VIP tickets where it's like uh, Express, so we eg like unlimited. So. Every ride or maze is at least a hundred minute wait. Oh my God. For people who are like general admission. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just stand And it's still expensive to like be to go. And so that we went two years ago and they're like, do you want to upgrade? And we're like, what's that? How much is it? And then they told us and we're like, ooh. And they're like, but this is what, this it gets is what you. you get. And so we're like, okay, like how often are we going to come? Then we did it. It was Sounds amazing. Sounds like every two years. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then. It was worth it. So you, when you have these tickets, you skip the whole line and you wait maybe five or ten minutes. Oh, per how do you look people in the eye? Where I look at them fine. I, I just run by <laughs> and I go fafangul. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I just run by and we mm, it's fine, it's fine. And then we go and 
it's amazing. They had the exorcist maze where they had like the house oh my gosh. kind of built. Yeah. And they had like a figure of Father Marin mm-hmm. and each room had like different parts of the movie of the exorcism happening. Mm-hmm. And then they had like Morgan turning around. Or Reagan. Reagan, yeah. You always a, call, her call her Morgan. Morgan. I don't know why. And then she turns around and it has like this piece of oh, spring. And um, there's an actor going, the power of Christ compels, <laughs> like all that stuff. And then they had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, mm-hmm. and you're walking in, and they rebuilt the house, and then they had the beginning monologue of, like, this is a true story, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's, like, they have Leatherface jumping on at you with, like, a chainsaw. Um, and then there was the house of ha- uh, Haunting of Hill House oh, okay. maze. And was Mike Flanagan there? I wish. I wish he was. <laughs> I was looking but he wasn't there. <laughs> But the coolest one, and I was really surprised, was The Purge. Oh, yeah. Which I saw the first one, and I was like... Same. I okay. really liked the first one, actually, but then the rest of them... Subsequent, just, like, money grabs? Yeah, yeah. They didn't They didn't really make me very curious. Yeah. It's an interesting concept, but they have the tram, this tram that takes you, and then they have, like, a news report of a fake news anchor, and they're like, The Purge is starting tonight in about so many, you know, this long, and all this is happening... And then you go, and they're like, good luck, Red Rare Life. <laughs> and there's people there, they're, like, looking sinister. They have, like, a machete, and they have yeah. the, the masks. And there's, like, part of a crashed plane uh, there, mm-hmm. like, ripped out, guts open. And there's someone, like, there with, like, a chainsaw or whatever. And they're like, and there's, like, all the smoke mm-hmm. billowing and crash car. It like, it's like a movie set. It's crazy. And it was... It was amazing, and you have to walk through, and people are, like, inches away from your face, like, swinging stuff at you, like, knives and, like, a baseball I don't know if I would enjoy that. You would love it. (laughs) (laughs) You would love it. Maybe not. You probably would. They kept chasing after me, because I'm a woman, and... Oh, yeah. A natural victim. A natural victim, and I (laughs) didn't react. and then they were really disappointed. Yeah, they tried, and they, like, and then they're, like, like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a, for everyone at home, I gestured like, "Fine, go, go, on, go ahead, go on. whatever, get out of here, make room for the people that are here for the experience." I was there for the experience, <laughs> but not to scream. Right, to I observe. just enjoyed it. You were, yeah. you were just an observer. So it was really fun. We did a few of the mazes a bunch of times. Yeah, because we're like, why not? We have these fast tickets. Um, so that was really good. So that's great. So what's new with you? Um, well, we did on our Halloween theme, we did have our annual, um, Halloween book club meeting last night, which, um, we did it last year when we were having all our book club meetings over zoom. I don't think you came to the Halloween one last year. Mm-mm. Um, but I mean, we all, I mean, it was maybe only like eight or 10 of us last year, but we still dressed up even though we were on zoom, but this time was back in person. Um, and so it was really cool to have like everybody, like get in their costumes and they're usually like even though it's just us ladies and just the book club like most people get really like put a lot of effort into the costume like I I sometimes tend to do a little bit of like a lazy cheat for for that one um but like Meredith looked incredible as Amy Winehouse Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Amy Winehouse yeah yeah so there was a lot of rehab jokes throughout the night Mm -hmm. Um, especially because the book we read, Duma Key by Stephen King, involved a guy who was rehabbing from mm-hmm. a catastrophic accident. Yeah, he had a lot of work to do. Yeah. Occupational yeah. therapy, all that stuff. He could not he refuse couldn't. to go to rehab. I know. He, he's like, I can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not Amy's problem. Or maybe it was Amy's problem. 
I mean, after a while, it was yeah, like yeah. You can't on account of the drugs. Yeah. But. But no, it was a really fun night. And I know um, you Meredith did leave earlier because she was sleepy, but we were there until like midnight. I, I was like, I came home. Victor's like, you're here. You're home early. And I was like, I couldn't stop yawning. You saw me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, OK, do you have it in you to watch like the latest what we do in the shadows? episode that's mm-hmm. like 20 minutes i was like sure sure and i was like <laughs> <laughs> did you take off your amy winehouse makeup first <laughs> no i was smeared and i was like that and i had a, gla- a glass of so wine. you really looked in character <laughs> yeah i was like scrubbed all this oh my gosh spackle off i was like i need to get in my comfy clothes and i fell asleep immediately I, yeah i'm a li- lame i'm lame no that's what friday nights are for i tried yeah and then I would say that the other thing that's new, even though we're we're not going to um, ask her to say anything, is that Grace is actually here right now. My She's daughter. here watching us, giving us the evil eye. And yeah, being like, Why yeah guys... judging everything we say. You guys suck. This is no, the stupidest don't... podcast I've ever been present for. <laughs> I'm like, it's the only one, so you don't have many to choose from. It's <laughs> <laughs> still bottom of the barrel. <laughs> like, this is the magic happening. I'm like, I'm so sweaty. Yeah. I have sweaty armpits. <laughs> Fanning yourself so with your hot. notes. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can't open the window because as soon as we do that, some baby next door will start screaming. Yeah, I know. And, well, Victor's smoking ribs because... Oh, yeah. The yeah, we have... really delicious. Yeah, this is pre-party. There's, I'm having a party tonight, yeah. and he's making ribs, obviously. Obviously, because that's what <laughs> that's he does why I keep for parties. Him around. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of feel, feel like this, having um, Grace here tonight is maybe groundwork of, like, if she's actually watched us do it once, then maybe in the future if I asked her if she wanted to contribute on a particular episode about a movie she felt strongly about... Sure. She would. She would be more likely to. And say it's yes. like, not a. It's like super, more relaxed. You're not. You're not like. You don't have like lights on you and like. Tell me what you think. And you're like. <laughs> there's Ugh. no bare bulb hanging over your head. <laughs> yeah. There's no like interrogation. And you're like. Give me a synopsis of the movie. <laughs> and you're like, can you? Okay, calm down. Yeah. We're just like chilling. Yeah. So, so that's what's new. All right. Well, we're gonna have fun tonight. We have. We're, we're gonna play Rocky Horror outside. Yeah. In my backyard, and I have props, and it'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get down to the movie. Before party time. Before party time. Work before pleasure. I wrote about 45 notes, little 45 pages, and then some notes. But, I mean, it's like over two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. It's really long. And it's your favorite. Very detailed. <laughs> and it's one of, it's like, I watch it every year. Um, it came out in 1968. It has Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, who... He was a director, um, usually like independent films and mm-hmm. stuff, and he is his work is amazing, like amazing. So he he came on board as like an actor for this mm-hmm. for this one, but he wasn't like the first choice. Like they had Robert Redford as a possibility, oh. they had Jack Nicholson as a possibility, Ooh. but um, he was just the person that they they got. And then Ruth Gordon, who I love, and she's in um, Harold and Maude, mm-hmm, and yeah. she has a very like distinctive personality Boy, yeah. persona. <laughs> so, Definitely. Um, I'm just still trying to wrap mm-hmm. because Jack Nicholson was really young when this was made. If you think about it, 68. Yeah, for sure. He's like, like, he would have been too young to coming. play that role. But, um, yeah. So, having on the, on the outset, let me just quickly acknowledge Roman Polanski directed this. He is obviously no. very problematic. Yeah. Bad, bad guy. Um, bad not guy. a good guy. He sucks we don't for many, many reasons. Anything that he's done or support him. Yeah, and he's he's a piece of crap. And he's a piece, I don't like him. But we can support Mia Farrow, who did she does a lot of um, public works and philanthropy. Um, like philanthropy and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, she's an amazing person. She's a great person, and um, 
Talented so, performers. Yeah. Excellent she, movie. She's amazing in this. So I will continue. So the opening music is a, like a creepy lullaby singing, which is mm-hmm. Mia Farrow who's doing the singing. I didn't realize um, that. For that opening. And you have like an overview of 1960s New York and you're introduced to Guy and Rosemary Woodhouse. Um, he's an actor. She's just like a homemaker. Yeah. Um, and not to say that's just what she is, but that's she doesn't have a job. They are apartment hunting, and Rosemary falls in love with an apartment at the Branford. Um, while they're looking at this apartment that has opened up, they notice that there's a big um, cabinet blocking a closet. Mm-hmm. And they kind of move it out of the way, and the guy who's showing it, he's like, that's really weird. Like, that's... I don't know, know why that's there. I don't know why that's there. <laughs> so I want to mention that because it, it's a thing later. Um so they tell their former landlord and their friend Hutch that they about the apartment they're gonna um, they hope to get, and they're discussing it over dinner, and they're friends with him, and um, he warns them both about the Branford's Bramford's dark past, um, filled with witches, murder. There's witches. <laughs> There's witches. <laughs> they seem more excited about just moving in and less worried about Hutch. They're like, oh. Which, you know, that's weird, but anyway, so yeah. we're going to move into this place. It's great. Um, so they move in, and Rosemary's redecorating, um, opening up the formerly blocked closet, putting towels and linens inside. She's, um, Rosemary is in the creepy basement one day doing laundry, and she meets a woman named Terry Gianofrio. Um, she tells Rosemary that she was a former drug, drug addict, and she lives with Minnie and Roman Cassavet, who are, um, they are Ro- Rosemary's neighbors. The two of them comment on the creepiness of the basement. They they agree moving forward to do laundry together. Then a short time later, Rosemary and Guy are out um, one evening. They're returning home when they notice police. They see Terry's body in the street. Um, she jumped from the window. And at this point, you're introduced finally to Minnie and Robin. And Minnie has a very large personality. Um, <laughs> before this point, Rosemary had heard her through their shared apartment walls, like, being like, why can't... (laughs) Like, she talks. (laughs) It's very distinctive, loud. Um, She's like, she jumped from the window. She's like, that's impossible. That's a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Rosemary gives some kind words to Minnie and Roman, and then they part ways. And the following day, Minnie comes over and thanks Rosemary for her kind words. She invites Rosemary and Guy over to dinner. Rosemary later asks Guy about dinner, um, and he, he... when he comes home, but he doesn't really want to go, but he relents, saying, it'll be my good deed for the day. Right. I mean, who wants to go have dinner with the elderly neighbors? The elderly. He's like, and you, what? It's like, you're, he's you're like, setting a precedent. Of like, how often are we going to have to do this I know. Now? He's like, is this a thing? So she seems, Rosemary seems nice, but she seems a little wary of Rome, Minnie and Roman. She thinks that they're kind of nosy, or Minnie especially is kind of yeah. nosy. Yeah. Um, uh, but Guy kind of develops a friendship with Roman because of his supposed history his family's history in the theater. Um, so they oh, kind of you mentioned connect. that Guy's in... Oh, you did say yeah, Guy guy's was an actor. Yeah, Guy's an actor. And yeah. um, so, of course, Guy's, like, his his um, career hasn't taken off, and he's sort of trying to get his foot more in the door, and he's, like... They, they mentioned that he's in, like, commercials and a few little, like, parts and stuff, but nothing has really blown up yet as mm-hmm. far as his career. Um, so then Minnie comes over with another neighbor one day, one afternoon, and with another neighbor... Um, and they give pe- uh, Rosemary a pendant that Terry had shown her previously when they met, and they gift it to Rosemary. It smells kind of weird, and it has this, like, tannis root inside. Um, Minnie claims it's a good luck charm. 
guy is this then stressed later um, trying to get the lead in a play, but he's cast as a lead. He he then apologizes to apologizes to Rosemary about like just being like a it's just like a jerk, mm-hmm. very like short with her, and they both decide they want to start a family. So. Rosemary plans a really romantic dinner. Guy, guy was supposed to get dessert. <laughs> Shh, sorry. don't give it away. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, guys were supposed to get dessert, uh, but he forgets, and then Minnie happens to come over with chocolate mouse, <laughs> and um, they start to eat it, and Rosemary throws it away, complaining it has like an under weird t- undertaste. Yeah. Um, so, but it's unbeknownst to Guy. She's like, oh, I finished it, but she threw threw it in mm, a napkin yeah. and uh, tossed it in the trash. Then Rosemary passes out, and she has these crazy, trippy-ass dreams. Um, the most prominent in her dream was that she's, like, sexually assaulted by a creature and had kind of snake, yellowy snake eyes. Um, and there's chanting people who are undressed and chanting, including Minnie, Roman, and Guy, and Guy standing there saying, she's awake. And Minnie replies, as long as she ate the mouse, she can't see nor hear. Now sing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The following morning, Rosemary wakes up with scratches all over her back. Guy tells her that they had sex when she was unconscious. Um, She's like, ooh. Problematic again. But we can see why Mr. Polanski felt like that was an appropriate thing to put in there. Well, it was in the book also. Mm. Well, and actually, wasn't spousal rape still not not a crime? At that time in 68? I think it probably wasn't until, like, ni- the 90s. <laughs> I don't think I mean, it, was it was a pretty crime recent, for a really yeah. long time. At least not, like, in a lot of states, for yeah. sure. So um, so then she she's kind of like, oh, that's okay. I don't really like that. But And then, so then later Rosemary is told by her, her doctor when she's late, her period's late, that she's pregnant. Um, his name is Dr. Hill. He asks her, hey, can you come? You're definitely pregnant. He calls her on the phone. Can you come back in for some blood work? I saw something that was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they, they go and tell Roman and Minnie. Like, guys, like, I really want to go tell them. And she's like, uh, okay. And do so, we have to? So they do tell him. And uh, Minnie's like, oh, you can go see my really good friend, Dr. Saperstein. He's like a really up and coming, like a very prominent OGYN in New York. Played by Henry Winkler. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Saperstein. Dr. Saperstein. Um, so then he takes her on as a patient. Dr. Saperstein seems nice enough. He like he's a doctor to like New York society yeah. people, and um, but he tells Rosemary not to look at books or pregnancy books or take the pill like different pregnancy pills that um, Minnie has a shake like oh, an herb God. garden like make her you know she'll you can drink this herbal shake and it'll be really good for you. Um, then later, a uh, guy receives news that he has this hit the part he really wanted is now his because the original actor has gone blind inexplicably (laughs) something that just happens so then his career starts to flourish um initially rosemary is pretty excited about the pregnancy but then she starts to experience like really horrible pains in her um in her abdomen um dr saperstein tells her all is well the pain will subside in a few days. Have but it more persists, shakes. <laughs> yeah. It persists for, like, months. Uh, then her old friend Hutch comes over, and he, he sees her, and he's, like, obviously very concerned. Um, and then Roman happens to come by, and he's like, oh, who's your friend? And she's like, this is Hutch. And and he's like, he comments, like, Rosemary looks really not great, and I'm worried about her. And he's like, oh, she's fine. And then he Get leaves. out of here, you rascal. <laughs> yeah, then he leaves, and Guy... Uh, returns home much earlier than Rosemary anticipated, wearing his stage makeup. 
And um, he goes to the closet to retrieve Hutch's gloves and coat when Hutch is like, okay, I'm going to go. And then Hutch is like, Where, where's my other glove? And then um, the guy's like, well, I didn't see it. And he's like, oh, well, I must have lost it or left mm-hmm. it somewhere. So then Hutch, the, later that night, calls Rosemary and he's like, can you meet me in the morning? Because um, he had done some research on Roman and he had some information to share. And um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. And then I can't remember if Hutch, because I watched it so many times, if Hutch is the one who told her it's called Devil's Pepper, the tannis the root, root, or if it was in that book she got later. Yeah, I don't um, But eventually she also finds that out, too. But Guy pries and tells him, she's he's like, what did Hutch want? And she's like, oh, he really wanted to tell me something about, about Roman, you know, that was concerning him. Yeah. So then Rosemary goes to um, guys like, oh, I suddenly feel like I need ice cream suddenly. Um, <laughs> he didn't say that, but he's like, oh, I need ice cream. I'm suddenly feeling, you know, cravings too. Isn't that funny? You're pregnant and I feel like I want ice cream. <laughs> and then he goes and you hear like the doorbell ring at many in Roman's house as the viewer. But, mm-hmm. but Rosemary, uh, Rosemary is sort of like, she's just like in so much pain. I don't think she even notices, mm-hmm. honestly. So the next morning, Rosemary goes to meet Hutch, and he doesn't show up. She calls his office, and I think it's his girlfriend or his, his friend or assistant or something. She's like, he went into a coma last night. And, um, yeah, he, he's in, in, like, critical condition, kind of. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. Like her, her like one really good friend, mentor, confidant yeah. is like really, really sick. Which like as the viewer at this point, you're recognizing that he's the only one that's really concerned for her. Everyone's sort of blowing it off. Yeah. Well, like, everyone else, like you're starting to see like other there. The rest of them are like manipulating her yeah. or everything that they're all doing like, just seems wrong and off. Yeah. Gaslighting. Total. And he's the only one in the picture who's like, no, she's not okay. Like, yeah, we need to take care of her. Yeah, this is why everyone acting like this is fine. Yeah. So, Rosemary, in spite of, like, horrible pain, she decides to throw a party, and she's like, Minnie and Roman aren't invited, and neither are all the other freaking weirdo old people who live in this building. Just my young friends. <laughs> so, they show up, and they're, like, alarmed, because she looks gaunt, and one friend's like, you look as pale as chalk. And, you know, what's going on? And eventually, she breaks down and cries to her friends, and guy's like what's going on what's going on he wants to like intervene and stop this kind of discussion and they're yeah, like this leak you know. of information yeah and they're like sorry we're talking to rosemary and they're like just go see dr hill mm-hmm. you know like get a second opinion who yeah. cares if this dr samberstein is like he's not a god yeah. basically um so then later she confronts guy she's like i'm in so much pain and nobody's helping me and i really want to just get a second opinion with c dr hill and he's like that's not fair to dr saperstein and guy and she's like what the hell are you talking about and then inexplicably the pain stops and she starts to feel the baby and she's like hey you know come feel it and he's like no thanks but (laughs) ew (laughs) but not really he just seems like alarmed yeah he does he doesn't seem like a father to be that should be excited um and then Life goes on, and she gets more pregnant. She's, like, preparing the nursery. She seems fine. You see her eating the cakes and the shakes that Minnie's making, mm-hmm. and she feels good. Yeah. Um, and then um, Grace, who is um, Hutch's friend, calls her, and she's like, Hutch died. And she's like, oh, I, you know, I kind of felt, I feel bad because I was sort of just, like, life was going on, yeah. and I kind of forgot about him. Not, like, all the way, but, like, very yeah. distracted. So she goes to the funeral. Grace tells Rosemary that Hutch had briefly regained consciousness before he died. And he thought it was the morning he was supposed to meet Rosemary. Mm -hmm. And he um, 
asks Grace to give Rosemary a book titled All of Them Witches. And then he also said the name is an anagram. And then uh, Rosemary's like, what did he mean? And, she, and she's like, I don't know. Like, he was just kind of muttering stuff, and he was, like, not in good shape, and then he died, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Just saying, like, this is really important for Rosemary to know. Yeah. Um, so she gets some Scrabble pieces. Rosemary goes home, and um, she figures out that Roman Cassavet is an anagram for Stephen Mercado, who's the son of a Satanist who used to reside at the Brantford. Rosemary is then convinced that Roman and Minnie want to hurt the baby. She tells Guy, but he completely blows her off. Um, and then that makes her suspicious of Guy. Yeah. Um, and Which then is I, overdue. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, the actor who went blind, she, she calls him and asks if he had anything go missing before he went blind. She's like, oh, did you have anything go missing? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, you mean the tie? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, well, Guy was admiring it so we traded ties and she's like oh okay well i have to go and then she like bails <laughs> and- <laughs> an image of like the, the scooby-doo and shaggy going like, like i know about she's to like, run away. she takes her little case or like overnight at the hospital when you're super pregnant have like a little bag yeah, your going. go bag your go bag she goes to dr Safferstein. she's like i really need to see you and she's like waiting in the waiting area on the way though she takes her like charm necklace with the devil's pepper which she sees in that book that's I'm pretty sure that says all of them witches that Tannis root is devil's pepper used mm-hmm. in like satanic witchcraft stuff. She takes the charm and throws it in the gutter because she's like, fuck this. Basically. <laughs> um, so while they're sa- like, uh, she's waiting in the waiting area, the receptionist is like, oh, your perfume smells really good. What are you wearing? And she tells her, she's like, it's a big improvement over what you usually wear. Well, was it like a chemical or thing or whatever? <laughs> and she's like, no, it was a good luck charm. I threw it away. And the receptionist is like, oh, good. Maybe Dr. Saperstein will do the same thing. Dun, dun, dun. And then she's like, what? And then she's like, oh, he smells the same thing, like the same scent. Mm-hmm. And then... Rosemary's like, oh shit! So she she's like, I have to go. <laughs> now she does the Homer Simpson recede into the hedge. Like, <laughs> she's like, I have to go do a thing, and then she like, leaves. I totally forgot. I, I don't remember what she said, but she like made an excuse. She goes to these um, this um, telephone booth and calls Doctor Hill. Finally, like one person, she's like, can you please help me? Like, I I need you to deliver my baby. Will you please? Let me come and talk to you. And yeah. he finally relents and he go. she goes and tells him everything. She's like, this is the deal. My husband's in on it, all this other stuff. And he and she's like, I don't know if there's Satan as a thing, but I do know there's people who are not good people. Yeah. And he's like, well, it sounds like you're right. So rest here and I'm going to go rest too. I was up all night delivering a baby and we'll get you settled. And she's like, okay, great. She wakes up and Guy and... Uh, Dr. Saperstein and this random dude from their building is there to come pick her up. And they take her... Betrayal. Betrayal. And he's like, get her some help. Because he thinks she's like, flip her away. (laughs) A little bit. Because it was the 60s and she was a woman. And she was pregnant. And she was pregnant. She had all that going against her. So they go back to the Bramford. She tries to make a run for it. And then um, goes into labor and then passes out. Like, Dr. Saperstein injects her with something. She wakes up, and she's not pregnant anymore. And um, at this point, she's like, what happened? And they're like, the baby died. And she's like, what the hell? And it's super hot. They have, like, an air conditioning on. And uh, she tries to turn it off and listen because she feels like she hears a baby. She's mm-hmm. like, I hear a baby. And they're like, oh, someone in the building had a baby. 
or Heather's a baby. And yeah. she's like, what? And then they're just trying to, like, dose her up with meds and, like, take her breast milk. <laughs> so she suspects the baby's still alive. And then she goes to that closet that joins the apartments to her her place and Minnie and Roman's. And she goes in and it's like a little party kind mm-hmm. of happening. And um, she sees... She suspects she's being lied to. She goes in there. She has, like, a butcher knife ready to fight some people. In and her little nightgown. In her blue little nightgown. And um, when Minnie and Roman are there. Inexplic- they were supposedly went on a trip, mm-hmm. and they weren't supposed to be there. But they were. And then she sees, like, a black bassinet with, like, black lace and an upside-down cross hanging over it. And she's like, what? What? And they're like... Oh my gosh, you're awake. You shouldn't be out of bed, Rosemary. Like, everyone's so weird and creepy. And she looks in the bassinet and she's like horrified. Like, she does like a silent scream. And we don't see what's in the bassinet. You don't see what's in the bassinet. And she's like, What did you do with its eyes? What did you do to the baby's eyes? And Roman's like, It has its baby's eyes. That's Adrian. His and father's his, eyes. Yeah, his yeah. father's eyes. And um, his father is Satan. Yeah, and so and she's like, "What are you talking about, guy? That's guy's whoa, father." Whoa, 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 and she's, in, <laughs> she's like, "No, it's insane." Um, so she's like, in a day, she sits down. She's like, oh, "What the hell?" And then guy walks up, and she's like crying and it, like in more like in shock. And guy's like, "Well, my career's really taking off, and you know all these things are <laughs> happening, and you know we can try to have a family. We're gonna move out to California. It'll be really good for us." And he's like, I know you're upset. And she, like, spits at his face. Basically, like, go fuck off, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and then somebody, Anne-Marie, I think, is someone's, like, shaking the bassinet really hard. The baby's, like, fussing. And she's like, you're shaking the, ba- the bassinet too hard. And she's like, what do you know? And then Roman's like, let, let Rosemary take care of the baby. And she's like, um, you're, do you want me to be its mother? And, he, and Roman's like, aren't you the baby's mother? And then that's it. And then it's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and that's and then it. Don't they, don't they flash on an image of the eyes of just like the, like maybe even a, an overlay of them over the last frame? I feel like I remember like the yellow snake eyes, like from her dream being there at the end. during her dream? I don't know. I don't remember it happening yet. Oh. I don't remember it happening, happening again. I thought I remembered that. Yeah. But, yeah. Well done. Thank you. I think I went kind of fast for, like... Yeah, but, I mean, for you, that was an an epic uh, recap. Yeah. Long-ass recap. So, uh, that is Rosemary's Baby. The question is, did it scare you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, um, I think I, I saw this for the first time when I was in high school, and I was watching it with my boyfriend at the time, and I remember, so, he was a year older than me, so he was born in 81, and um, I remember his, uh, oh, but it was his, he had two older brothers, it was one of his older brothers, that basically his mom comes into the room and she sees it, and she was like, I saw this when I was pregnant with your brother, it was the most scared I've ever been in my entire oh my life. God. And I can kind of relate to that, because I went and saw The Unborn when I was pregnant with Grace. I'm I like, saw Orphan when I was pregnant with Charlotte. Oh. There's like a horrifying, like giving birth scene yeah. in the beginning, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna go. But yeah, no, it's it's so haunting, yeah. and it's um it's definitely slower. Like like you say, it's a long movie, and it's it's a very slow evolution of events. But it's also like it's it's a piece of art, you know. Like it's not um it wasn't like. 
easy to throw together. Like the revelation of the characters, the layering in of the events, like you, you know, get it seeing like kind of this suspicious thing. And then this thing seems a little off. And then there's this little detail that's kind of strange. And then it just keeps building and building and building so that the end, like the end taken by itself might not seem like, Oh my God, that's so scary. And, but, but if you've gone on the journey throughout the movie with everything that's happened to her, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's unsettling. Definitely. And the and so there's a payoff with that, with mm. that conclusion of, you know, everything that's built up to it. So yeah. I think and obviously like it bears rewatching over and over again. Like it doesn't it doesn't lose anything. Because I think scary movies that lose something upon rewatching are ones that are just rely on like jump scares and stuff. So once you know when that stuff's gonna happen, uh-huh. the movie's not scary anymore. Yeah. But this doesn't, you know, it's not cheap like that. Like exactly. it it has so much craft. Um, in the story and in the characters that it never gets old. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, you picked it, but um, did you (laughs) think it was scary? Um, I saw it in high school, too. And it was like, I'm like, how long is this freaking movie? It was like on and on and on. (laughs) Is it still going? It was compelling, and I was like all in, 100% by it. I was like, oh, my God. And I just loved, it's like, they're kind of innocuous elderly couple that's like they're really nice and sweet and and then suddenly it's like all of them witches and then like who is not a witch and who uh, you know is Dr. Stafferson he's like doctor to really wealthy people in New York he's really like Dr. Hill is like I wouldn't think that about Dr. Stafferson he like he spoke at a medical conference Mm -hmm. or whatever he's like really well-known. Yeah. So anyone who questions these people who are well-known, established, elderly people, wealthy people, they look crazy. Right. And, um, and I love that. And then just like, what are you talking about? You know, like people, they were so good at Mm -hmm. like lying to her and being like, don't look at books. They will just scare you, Rosemary. Well, that does, it really like (laughs) highlights this whole, what women were treated like in that, in that time period, Mm -hmm. you know, that like. You were just like a vessel. Yeah. To carry these children. Exactly. And like, don't, don't, don't fill your head with books, book stuff. You don't need any of that. Like Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll take care of everything. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then I think because Dr. Hill wasn't even one of them. Right. No, he just he called Guy because He's that's like, what you did with a woman is you called her keeper, a.k.a. her husband and yeah. sent her home to him. Yeah. In those days, if you went to go see a psychiatrist as a woman, your husband could call and be like, what'd she say? <laughs> and they would tell you or yeah. they would tell him. Yeah. Like the rights were so limited. Yeah. I mean, up until like when the 70s or 80s, like you couldn't even open a checking account or like have a line of credit. Yeah. And so I think that's probably what I mean, this is probably much scarier movie for a woman than for a man, because that's something where it's like, okay, if you don't believe in witches and the devil, but that whole treatment of women, like for you to be powerless in a situation like that didn't require the devil. Like that could have Mm -hmm. just been your reality as a woman in that era. Manipulation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I think the movie's terrifying, and um, you, I, I don't know, like, I've watched it for years, mm-hmm. and I, I'd say, finally, at this point, I'm not noticing new things, but, like, for years, I had noticed new things mm-hmm. I didn't notice before, because it was so subtle, yeah. like, little things, mm-hmm. subtle things, and you're like, oh, I never noticed, like, the way someone did this certain thing, and, and people... In this movie, we're really thoughtful, and Roman Polanski, mm-hmm. he's a garbage person, but 
that the way he directed the movie was very, very well. And it was well, it's all beautiful. Like, methodical. It's beautiful mm-hmm. visually. It's so amazing. And like, I mean, we talked about, cause I was thinking, um, back when we did Annabelle and we were talking about how it, it had a lot of the same, like kind of nods or the feel of Rosemary's baby because of the time period it was set in and then the apartment building and then the basement and all of those kind of similarities. But, um, with like the the visuals of Rosemary's Baby, like the exteriors in New York, the building itself, and even just like the costuming and all of that thing, like that that era, that late sixties era, it's just really enjoyable to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mia Farrow with her pixie cut. Yeah, she's so um, edgy. I love Mia Farrow, and she's just like a phenomenal. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, too, what, and... that point in the movie where she cuts her hair off. Is that before or after she gets pregnant? It's after, she was isn't pregnant it? at that point. Yeah, because she surprises mm-hmm. Guy with the haircut. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I got a haircut. And he's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, I have a pain that's happening now. Yeah. And I don't know. He's like, did you call the doctor? And she's like, yeah, he's, he didn't seem concerned. I don't know. And well, the part that I, when, <laughs> when I started laughing um, when you were talking about the, when they decided to start a family was, um, I was thinking about the scene that I think it's their first night in the apartment when they're eating takeout on the floor because they don't have any furniture yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like sitting there and eating and talking about work in the apartment and blah, blah, blah. And then she's just looking at him chewing and he looks at her and he's, and she just goes, let's make love. Mm-hmm. Just like out of nowhere. And then they're like, okay, push the Chinese food to the side. And like, here like, we go. But I just, okay. I guess. I mean, <laughs> sure. I guess that's just what you do. Yeah, that's how they did it in the 60s. Yeah. You had to proclaim it mm-hmm. and then declare move forward. It and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> I, declare I declare bankruptcy. bankruptcy. <laughs> and you're like, that's not, no. that's not a thing. What no. are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, I mean, it's, it's terrifying. There's a reason I chose it. I think everyone should watch it. I watched it when Victor was like, oh, I'm going to look at my, my game, the Dodgers game and I have on my phone, but you turn something on, but I'm going to be like not all invested in what you're yeah, watching. Yeah. So I was like, sure, okay. Um, this is like a few months ago. And he kept like doing his eyes, darting to the screen, like what? And then finally he's like, what, what the, what the hell? <laughs> what did you put oh my on? God. And, then, <laughs> and then he was like, like he just like was all in going watching the movie and he's like oh my god he's like this came out in the 60s this is insane and um i mean this has laid the groundwork for movies like the exorcist Mm -hmm. and the omen um as far as like satanic (laughs) stuff um yeah but i do have like some things i looked up about the movie and like um Basically, who won awards for it and what, you know, some little interesting tidbits in the making of the movie. So let's have it. Ruth Gordon, who was super loud and Mm -hmm. amazing. I love her in Harold and Maude. She won an Oscar for this, for the role of Minnie. Didn't she Um, win an Oscar for Harold and Maude, too? I feel like she did also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, good for so, her. <laughs> and a Golden Globe as well for the the role of Minnie, Minnie cast of it. Mm-hmm. Um I think Mia Farrow, I don't know what she's nominated for, but she, at the time, she was married to Frank Sinatra. Right. And she... Um, well, for like he, a second. <laughs> well, at the time, he wanted her to be in his movie, too, because he was acting as well and singing and all that. And he was like, I want you to be in my movie. And she's like, well, I don't think it'll work. Like, well, we can try. But they, um, the movie was running along, like shooting schedule, all this stuff, and they couldn't make it work. And he was like... 
choose me over this movie. Yeah. And she's like, nah. Nah. I'm not going to do it. So he um, sent his lawyers to the set to serve her with divorce papers. Yeah. And um, she, like, according to the, the stories of the time that she, like, signed her papers with tears flowing and just kept shooting. Yeah. Kept going. Put it into the role. She's like, whatever. And then, yeah. I don't know. So she just, like, chose Rosemary's Baby over Frank, Frank Sinatra. Um, yeah, he came back mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So then... Um, Oh, and then the scene where Rosemary is, like, a very pregnant Rosemary is walking into traffic. Mm-hmm. That was real. She just, like, walked into traffic. <sighs> and um, Roman Polanski said... You can dodge a car, you can <laughs> dodge a ball. <laughs> Rosemary um, walked into traffic. He said, nobody will hit a pregnant woman. Uh, wow, so it's a big gamble. And he was, like, doing the camera work because no one else wanted to do it. Yeah. And so... Because nobody else was willing to walk into traffic with her. <laughs> I guess they weren't that committed to the, to the, to the shooting. Um, and then the scene where I love this. This is like one of my favorite things. And I've known this for years. That the scene where Rosemary calls Donald Baumgart. He was the one, the actor who went blind. Mm-hmm. Um, she calls him and asks if he lost anything. And then he tells her about the tie and all that. That was Tony Curtis. Yeah. Who was, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis's dad. And yeah. But she didn't know it at the time. She was like talking. And she she's, I think she was friends with Tony Curtis. And then. It was revealed, like, oh, this is, it's Tony. And she's like, what What the hell? Like, she, no one told her. <laughs> That's funny. So I love that. And then Hollywood cranks. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a Benny Hill movie. Yep. <laughs> and then 1976, a movie sequel was made titled, no. Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a TV movie and uh, starring Penny Duke as Rosemary. They did a remake of, um, of I think, 2014. One? Really? Yeah. With the guy, oh, I forget his name. He he does. He's the uh, actor who plays Draco Malfoy's dad, and he oh, plays. Oh yeah, him. He, he plays he's in the Patriot, and yeah, yeah. He's in a lot of stuff, and he, he plays Zoe Saldana plays Rosemary. No. Yeah. And then he uh, that dude plays. I think uh, Zoe Deschanel would be a would have been a better choice. Maybe yeah. And Zoe Saldana's too strong. We need more Zoes. What other Zoes could we? Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. Oh, she would have been good. She would have been good. No, I I feel like she's like Zoe Saldana. She's a very strong personality, and like not that I'm calling Rosemary like you know weaker, but she was she was appropriate to a woman in her situation at the time, mm-hmm. where she did tend toward being passive. Because that's yeah. what she was expected like, of her. Yeah, and then, well, like, for example, when Terry Giannofrio, the former person who, like, lived with, like, uh, Roman and Minnie, was like, what's your husband do? And she's like, he's an actor. And it mm-hmm. seems like she's, like, really just, like, lavish, little laying on the praise. And, like, he's in everyone, you know, telling she had a little, and, it was, like, one sentence that she says, like, three or four times mm-hmm. anytime somebody asks about yeah, what he and does. Yeah, a lot of te- and television. Yeah, television com- commercials, but then it's like, and he did an episode of whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, the one show that he had mm-hmm. an episode from. Um, she has it, like, in her brain, and yeah. she just, like, recites, ram- it. recites it. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so I feel like Zoe Kravitz and Zoe Soldano would both be too strong, too much of a strong character to really carry that off. I remember it coming on, like, um, like, commercials and stuff i'm like oh i wonder if that's maybe i'll watch that and i was like nah and then i didn't yeah no i wouldn't have <laughs> i didn't even know they existed and it bothers yeah. me nine peaked my interest is peaked but there is a sequel to the book that came out in 1997 Ooh. like um, i mean the book was originally published in like the earlier 60 i mean the book movie came out in 68 i think the book came out a few years before that mm-hmm. not too much more but 
That's a huge Yeah, that's gap and it was the same author? Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, Ira Levin. And it was kinda mm, not yeah, great. Not great. Yeah. Like, well, um, Zoe Kravitz wrote it. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz and Ira Levin. Yeah, they co-wrote it. Rewrote. They wrote Rosemary's Baby Part Two. It's Satan time. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, so I guess that's Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, that's Rosemary's Baby. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I Even mean, though we take... just told you what happens, it's still absolutely still worth a watch. There's still a lot I didn't mention. There's yeah. lots of stuff that's like and happens. It's beautiful to look at. It's great to, 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 um, I don't know, just to see 1960s New York. Yeah. It's, it's pretty yeah. cool to see. And, um, yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah. Obviously, since it was my choice. <laughs> but. So I guess next time, um, I mean, unfortunately, with or without Lorena, we'll be talking about Hellraiser. Hopefully, mm. she's able to join us. Um, <laughs> are you going to be resentful if we have to talk about a movie you hate, even though she's not there? I know. I'm going to, like, I'm gonna like TP your house. Uh, <laughs> like you dick. You made me watch this. You made me watch Maybe this movie. Talk about a movie. This garbage, and you weren't even there. First of all, Pinhead's only in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, we were talking about that last night at book club. Well, it's a load of crap. Yeah, and I don't want to see it more. And I don't care about Frank. Whatever. Okay, Frank's sorry. the worst. No. I yeah, we're getting ahead say, of ourselves. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for the podcast. Yeah. But you forgot to do like, are you going to? Oh, the let, parent, parent, let your children watch this. Yeah. So you know the various factors that we consider when you know making something palatable for kids. Like this doesn't offend very many of them. I mean, there's like there's no swearing, no there's no gore, there's no blood, there's some sexual elements, but there's no sex scenes that are like explicit to where a young child would be like. You know, like, there's no nudity, I think, involved in the sex scenes, are there? Yeah, there is. Her, she's topless, and you see her butt and hips and stuff, like, during oh. when she's, like, unconscious, but not okay. during that part. that's the assault scene? Yes, which you can skip all together. You can yeah. be like, well, things, weird things happen to her. Yeah, I mean, and it is really long, so go ahead and, and shorten it a little bit in that way. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then, but the, it's kind of like, um, I guess I kind of, did I say this about... Candyman, but um, whether it's appropriate or not, like, would they enjoy it? And I don't think that this is a scary movie for a younger kid because they just wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, it'd be like something later that they'd appreciate yeah. more. Yeah, maybe like, in high school because that's when I liked it and or yeah. watched it and really appreciated it. Yeah, and, I don't think it yeah. would capture the attention of a younger kid, and no, they wouldn't. Not. They wouldn't really understand like because what makes it so good is picking up on the little nuanced developments in the characters and the story and a younger kid's not really gonna get those and so they're just you know gonna be like okay well what's you know what's the point like what are we what what's happening here sure yeah Yeah. so i don't think it's inappropriate really for a younger kid except you know that that one (laughs) dream assault scene um but i wouldn't show it to a, a younger kid just because i don't think they'd like it i think they'd be kind of bored of it yeah they'd be bored When I watched it, I was, well, the first time I was more like, I was getting into Tarantino movies and other things. Mm, you were all. So I was all about the subtle and the. <laughs> and buckling up for a long movie. <laughs> exactly. And I was like all in. I was like, yes, let's yeah. let's do this. And uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was in for. But I was like, Rosemary's Baby, that sounds weird. Let's watch it. And then I was like, ah, what the hell? What is this? is crazy. But yeah, so. So, yeah, save this for high school. 
Yeah, save for high school. And they can feel like super arty and intelligent and deep. It is. It's like, oh, 1968. Mm. Especially when, you know, like in this generation's kids are that age. It's going to, you know, the movie's like 50 the, years old. They're like, this movie's 75 years old. You're like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's 200 years old. You're like, what the hell? No, it's not that old. <laughs> they had to draw sketches of the movie. They didn't even have filmed back then. <laughs> they had to etch it into rock. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, so I guess we will talk about Hellraiser. <sighs> Fine. Yeah. I mean, can, I can you tell I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, are you more or less excited than you were about Friday the Thirteenth? <laughs> it's a dead heat. It's a toss up. <laughs> I guess I'm more excited. Well, I don't know. I really like what's his name. What's his bucket? The guy who directed and, and he Clyde did all Barker. The, yes, I yeah. love Clay Barker, and he's a weirdo, and he has like scratchy throat, and he's like, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I want to hear everything you have to say, and. He does really cool makeup and stuff and crazy yeah. imagery, and I appreciate that. So, mm. eh, fine. You can think about it and tell me next time. I will. So, this is our shortest episode. It's only, like, 50 minutes. Yeah, well, that's probably a good thing, because you got a party to throw. I know, and, like, uh, everyone's coming over now, so. Um, until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.